0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Hi, this is Stu Hodem with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? On Wednesday, March 23rd at 6 p.m. Eastern, FS1's NASCAR Race Hub will present Boundless, Betty Skelton. Known as the First Lady of Firsts, Skelton raced and flew from NASCAR to NASA, making her first solo flight at the age of 12. She began her professional aerobatic career at a 1946 air show with the then-new and now-famous Blue Angels U.S. Navy Exhibition Team. In 1948, she won the first of three consecutive International Female Aerobatic Championships and her bright red-and-white plane, Little Stinker, is part of the Smithsonian Institution's National Air and Space Museum collection. Retiring from her aerobatic career, Skelton flew charter flights out of Raleigh, North Carolina, where she met NASCAR founder Bill France Sr., who encouraged her to drive Daytona Beach during Speed Week. Later, for a Look Magazine article, she aced astronaut tests taken by the Mercury 7, who called her number 8. With that brief background, Let's listen to a preview of Boundless Betty Skelton.
2: She was a star. She had it all. She was a daredevil. She
3: was definitely a motorhead and a speed freak. Earned the
2: nickname, the fastest woman on earth.
0: NASCAR's growth
4: spurt in the 50s was fueled by its fans' passion for speed and dreams of sports cars. Speed Weeks was the big stage to prove you were the best automobile. Among the male drivers, there was a female that was fearless in her quest for speed. Her name was Betty Skelton, a three-time aerobatic champion before she raced on the beach. When Betty grabbed the wheel, NASCAR would
3: change forever. I had a charter flight to fly three famous race drivers. For Bill France Sr., who then was just getting NASCAR started, he said, "How would you like to come down to Daytona for Speed Week?" And I said, "Well, what is Speed Week?"
2: Every February, NASCAR would organize something called NASCAR Speed Weeks. It's just an opportunity to just prove the performance of your car. You know, whether you're a manufacturer or, or a race car builder or whatever.
3: I've heard many times that Bill France Sr. was very open-minded. If you do something different, it's going to grow your business. He explained to me what NASCAR was doing with Speed in Daytona. And I said, well, sure, I'd love to come, but I'd have to have a sponsor. Oh, six months later, he called and said, I have your sponsor.
2: Bill was so impressed with Betty and her credentials that he recommended her initially to uh, Dodge, and she started with Dodge in 54.
4: She immediately makes headlines. She breaks a speed record right away.
3: Then I became a little restless and I got very interested in the Corvette.
2: Betty Skelton upholds the honor of women drivers everywhere with her record-breaking Corvette. The Beach Run was an attempt to establish a two-way record average speed on Daytona Beach. It was important at the time, proving that you had the fastest car, the most durable car, the car that could win. The speed, ooh,
3: I think was somewhere around 143, 44 miles an hour, the average speed.
2: It was a new record for women. That was a lot of speed back then in 1956. She was truly Remarkable. When she set speed records on the beach, alongside Zora and John Fitch, every woman in America that knew she had done that knew that Betty Skelton was doing something that only men had done before, and she just broke that barrier.
4: She was a different woman.
1: Not everything that she ever touched and did, she did it better than the rest of us.
3: Well, if you're going to play a game, you want to play with the big boys. I mean, you want to get with the top people In an industry well it shows how
2: competitive she was if she was going to drive cars she was going to drive what she thought were the best cars i don't think any other woman in history has had the kind of impact she had without betty behind the wheel of the corvette without betty behind the marketing of corvette corvette would not have gotten the attention it did during the late 50s and through the 60s and I think that would have put Corvette in a much different place. Betty Skelton's accomplishments
3: rewarded her with honors in 10 Halls of Fame, spanning across aviation and motorsports. Fearless and determined, gifted with skill and charm, everything Betty accomplished forged a path for the newest heroines of NASCAR.
1: Appropriately, the First Lady of Firsts is the inaugural episode of a series entitled Left Behind, telling the stories of trailblazing women in motorsports. During a special virtual event as part of Women Shifting Gears driven by Hemmings, Cindy Sisson, the CEO of GS Events, and Pam Miller, eight-time Emmy Award-winning producer for Fox and CBS Sports, describe how they shared a lunch at a Charlotte-area restaurant and came up with the concept for the series, landing on Skelton to start.
4: Pam and I had been friends for about 30 years in the industry, and as she said earlier today, with COVID, you know, you wanted to reconnect and find meaningful relationships so one day i said hey pam let's have lunch and we went to 131 main we've been there about a thousand times since on this project and the first thing she said to me i'll just remember this she sat down in the chair and she goes i know cindy you're focused on women in automotive but mike joy and i want to do a feature on joan cuneo (laughs) newton And I said, well, that's funny because I want to do a feature on Aloha Wanderwell," <laughs> and Aloha, you know, is the first woman. She's the Amelia Earhart of the automotive space. She, at age 16, drove around the world in a Ford. And so we just started riffing with each other on let's start the series. We call it Left Behind. And over Christmas, I think it was. Yeah, I, I just started diving in. Yeah, we started reading all their books and yeah. we'd be texting, oh, what about this? What about this?
3: What about this? And, and then it became all of a sudden it connected like I found the lady with the gold Corvette. And I thought, I've seen this picture, but I didn't know much about her like everybody else. And you know, I, I think it, it, it motivated us. I think that reconnection motivated us to just search for women that we found interesting that we knew that the world needed to know about.
1: Sisson and Miller brought Skelton's story to Lindsay Mandia, Fox Sports vice president of production. Mandia and Miller discuss working together and how Skelton paved the way for them and others.
0: Pam and I obviously worked together uh, at Fox Sports, and she told me, she said, I have to introduce my friend Cindy. I have to tell you about this woman, (laughs) Betty. And so we went to lunch again, 131 Main, lots of lunch (laughs) at 131 Main. And they start telling me about Betty, and I just think, "My gosh, people need to know her story man, woman, it doesn't matter this is this is incredible, right And we um, NASCAR is a huge part of Fox, and so much of Betty's story is about NASCAR and what she um, accomplished in that space and so for me, it was it was a no brainer from that aspect of just editorially it, it makes sense for us. but then obviously, um, to be able to tell a story that celebrates a woman and what she's accomplished, I feel like that is um, a passion of mine and, and so important to me. And so it just—it was a no-brainer. It made sense. So then it was um, okay. Let's figure out how we do this. Uh, we don't <laughs> necessarily <laughs> have Peter to pay for. And so and so we did. And it's been this awesome journey we're on. It's kind of crazy to think that this thing is Aaron here. In, in I know.
3: It's—I it's, feel like I'll lose an appendage. Like Betty's been so part. And plus, we've <laughs> had so much fun brainstorming creatively, finding nuggets of her story to tell. We call each other up and go, "My God, I found this!" Or I'll send Lindsay a picture in the middle of the night, like, "Hey." Let's look at this, and every day it's it was really
0: cool. Pam would find, like, I feel like she ordered and dug up so many different magazines. and I remember one lunch, she brought these magazines, and I'm like, Oh, I don't even know if I should have food, like, I'm gonna spill something on this. And it was, but they were, I mean, it was incredible, uh, to go through and see. Also, very revealing, I think, for me, you forget that this wasn't that. It was, but it wasn't that long ago, right? right? We're talking about 40s, 50s, 60s, and when you read those articles, the very first thing they do is describe a woman's appearance, right? Sure. The the, the words and language used to talk about women, and I'm sitting here and I will look at the front and I will see like, wow, that was like 56. That was, and it's kind of shocking. And I think for me, it's a good reminder that this wasn't this wasn't that long ago. You need to you need to realize. The women that came before you, whether it's in sports or in the TV space, or just in general, to ensure that we all have the rights and doors are open the way they are, um, that was that was very educational and good for me. And then also hopeful in a way of realizing how far we have come, you sure. know, because Betty did those things. I can, I can have the job I have today. And um, that's just been a great part and of it. And to Lindsay's point, when you see headlines
3: that say female of the species, or she went 300 miles an hour, but her nail broke, like <laughs> I, those are legit headlines, yeah, right? Like, and you sit there and you read more and more into it. And you're thinking, you know, every picture of her in one of the aviation magazines, you know, shows her in a roller coaster with an army guy. Like, why couldn't she just be in the roller? Like, it, it's just all these things. And you read more and more, Everything had a caveat to it, Mm -hmm. but then you realize, to Lindsay's point, when you read the articles, how far she was pushing the limits, right? She was constantly making the bar go up and she was taking that inch where she, you know, like might not have gone. Like she never hesitated to dive through a door to get to the next thing. She knew she wasn't necessarily going to get the equal chance with the men, but she was going to push it as far as she could.
1: Born in 1926, Skelton passed away at age 85 in 2011, and Miller and Mandia dug through decades' worth of photos, film, magazines, and more to tell this story.
3: We dug really deep. I mean, we found some things that people haven't seen in 70 years that are in this film. I mean, we called people that we've known through the years, all three of us, that, you know, just a, a great example is her Bonneville run she goes you know she sets this she becomes the fastest woman on earth She she runs 300 miles an hour um and <laughs> nobody knows if there's a picture of it well I you know I say to Cindy you know there's gotta be film Firestone has to have film they by talking to different people you kind of get to a place and then we all of a sudden this cache of film shows up thank god Lisa Boggs it, yeah And then I call Lindsay and I go, oh, my God, you got to see this film. And I'm saying, Cindy,
0: oh, my God, I like it. And you just it's crazy. I think that's because I think what they're really after here are the stories that haven't been told that need to be told. And so that right there on its face presents the challenge, right? If this information was easily accessible, then this would have already been done. And so I think that is the most the most difficult thing is digging the story up in a way that. Um, you're not regurgitating what somebody else already did. You really are finding the facts and information.
3: And I think that's what makes it most fun, too, is the search for that nugget, that gem (laughs) that you know that, you know, it's like nobody's seen it, you know.
1: When these three executive producers needed help finding material, another pioneering driver who was the first woman to earn Indy 500 Rookie of the Year honors helped as Women Shifting Gears podcast host and Fox Sports reporter Amanda Busick found out from Sisson.
4: You know, she reminds me a lot of Lynn St. James. You know, when you bring up Lynn's name, the industry just Googles all over her because that's, they did it the same way. They didn't go in brashly and you owe me this and I'm a woman, so you, I deserve this. And that's why I think Lynn is winning all kinds of awards right now from, you know, being uh, inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame and the list goes on. They, they are just, I, I told Lynn so many times, you remind me so much of Betty. And I know Lynn has a major role in this, so that that means a lot.
3: I was gonna say, we heard Lynn's voice on the opening video at the top of the show. What was
4: her, in her contribution, how important was that for you, Cindy? <laughs> well, as you all know, she's my best friend, so very important. And good old Pam, she, you know, my role was more digging, digging, digging. Pam had to come up with an idea and say, Cindy, go find this. So I called Lynn one day and said, do you have any pictures or a story or video? And you know, a little scratching of the head (laughs) and within what, 48 hours, we not only had pictures and videos and storytelling because Lynn inducted her into the Motorsports Hall of Fame. So it's become a very important piece to the the overall story.
1: Miller explains how Skelton made her way in motorsports. Then Mandia, Sisson and Miller segue into Skelton's time testing alongside astronauts.
3: She loves speed. She was inspired by a will to see how far she could push the envelope. Um, I think she just had a destiny to accomplish these things. I mean, I think she just loved the challenge. She, there was nothing, like if she couldn't do it, she would go invent it. So like if they said you can't race against the guys, well, then I'm going to go and create a rally. She invented the 24-hour endurance runs that you see those old films of. She came up with that. Um, Everything that she did, she did like in the film, Paul Goldsmith says better than the guys. And the guys at that era really respected her for that. But I, I, I love her relentlessness, the, the fact that they might say, no, you can't go through this door. Okay, well, if I can't go through that door, I'm going to invent something that I can go through this door. And then I'm going to get to this other point beyond, you know, what people thought I could do. Um, I, you know, and, and they made it difficult for her. I think we were talking about that earlier, too. You know, like in IndyCar, she gets in, she's the first woman to drive an IndyCar, but she can't, Race at the speedway or drive it at the speedway because she had to run so many sprint car races and so many dirt races and she had to do so many hours in the car and she didn't have time. She was flying. She was doing testing for Dodge. There was other things. Plus, it was like there was that wasn't accessible to her
0: to get rides. That many rides, you know, they just made it difficult. Or even just a NASCAR, she could do. Right. Um, you know, she could be a part of Speed Week and be down on the beach and do that but she was not allowed to be on the oval because women weren't allowed to be on the oval. And again, I think for me, being someone who has grown up in a time where you're not, you you're, you want equality, but it's not that blatant, well, women are not allowed to do this. Maybe it's like a perceived tendency, but that was a time and an era where it was women cannot do this. Not like, oh, women traditionally don't do it. You're not allowed to do it. I mean,
4: it's just, well, wow. I'd like to add, I think the word that I resonates with me is she, she had no fear. And I, Lindsay, to echo too, we haven't really talked about her stint in NASA. I mean, in 1960, Wally Schraz calls her up and says, hey, you need to come train with Mercury Seven and Alan Shepard and um, on and on and on. And she about beat the pants off the rest of the men, but because she didn't have the fighter pilot pedigree, if you will, she had plenty of air time. Probably more airtime than most of those guys, but uh, she didn't get to go up and in, in into when it into was the still heavens. a door
0: that was closed, right? Yes. it was.
4: Can women's body? You know, you
0: read these articles. Can <laughs> women's bodies withstand what a man's body can withstand? <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, can they physically? Are they physically fit to go to space? Those are the kind of things that were being discussed. Um, G forces. Yeah, which is. Just, I mean, it's 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 crazy. We're really talking about like women being viewed. Um, as inferior, which I mean, it's um, and and she just like Pam said, had this quiet way of, she wasn't yelling and screaming and banging on doors, but she found a way to create other avenues and do things that that made um, that changed the culture, changed the mentality. And, and she knew she wasn't going to space. I mean, she knew it when she took the test, but you know, when you listen to a
3: uh, Wally Funk tell the stories too, the women. The guys were always whining about the tests. Like they were kind of mad that they had to sit there all day. I mean, she showed up, they didn't even have clothes for her to wear to do the tests or shoes. She did the she did the tests in her high heels <laughs> in baggy men's pajamas. She was like ninety-eight pounds, five foot tall, and she's in these giant clothes and they don't even know how to dress her to do the tests, yet she passes them better than the men did. And, you know, obviously could have earned a
0: spot to go to space, but not to be.
1: Mandia describes the new challenge she and the NASCAR Race Hub team face with this project.
0: This was a different and unique project. Um, I think that we were talking to our PR team today. I think it's the first documentary that Race Hub um, has produced themselves internally. Usually we partner with companies. So I think for me and the practicality of doing it is, is just perseverance and um, professionally for me just opening up a uh, a new new gear, if you will, of um, how to to get things done. I learned a lot um, about how to get things done and get a different style of project done.
1: Miller and Mandia hope a new generation gets to know Skelton and becomes inspired by her.
3: I hope that the next generation of young women realize that anything's possible and that because of people like Betty, that they have a chance. And I, I think that she really did push the envelope. And also, you know, NASCAR's... Bill France Sr. I mean, Lynn says it, and, is, and you saw it in the clip. I mean, very open-minded. So it's, a, it, you know, they should feel that they have a chance to walk through that door and accomplish what they want to do in the car.
0: I, I mean, I think yes to all of that, but also just that people know, within NASCAR, know who she is. Oh, I mean, I, I had no idea, right? Then Pam, it, you know, along the way, even when we were in. Daytona um, for the 500 this year, we, we would talk to different folks within NASCAR and that's no fault of them. I think it really is just, um, again, this is a lost story. So it's Left just, behind. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic for people to just know who she is.
1: When can you see Boundless Betty Skelton on FS1? A proud Mandia promotes the show.
0: You can watch this documentary <laughs> <laughs> on uh, NASCAR Race Hub on FS1. March 23rd at 6pm. And then we'll have an encore presentation on um, April 9th. That will be after the Martinsville Cup race. So make sure you watch the Cup race and then tune in for a little late night viewing of it a second time.
1: Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at HOTEM. H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe.